Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Candace King, and welcome to A Super Bloom Podcast. I hope that you are all taking care of yourselves during this holiday season. You know, b- before jumping on the mic today um, to, f- to record this intro, I actually was messaging with a friend of mine and she is, I mean, talk about timing right before the new year. She's actually saying goodbye to a job that she's been at for over 20 years. And uh, whew, I-, I was just messaging with her and, and expressing that I'm, sure that there are many, many waves of, of big feelings coming around. And then I also just had this little twinge of just wanting to remind her. Um, yeah, I said, as someone who's been in the unknowing for a bit, you know, and I, I know it is terrifying. I can say that it is absolutely terrifying, but there is something to be said about being at the part of your story where you get to ask yourself, I wonder what happens next. I'm someone that lives by the calendar. I have had many of my years in my life planned out to a T. I mean, when you work in serialized television, you basically live by a, by a, a call sheet that gets brought out every day. I mean, everything is planned down to the day, down to the year, down to the hiatus. And it's very rare until that comes to an end that you have any sort of thought in your brain that goes, oh, I I wonder what happens now. I wonder what happens next. 
uh, it's all very predictable. And so it has taken me a while, especially in this past year, to get comfortable with the unpredictability of um, what really just is life. You can't plan everything out. You can't just put it in a Google calendar or on your Apple calendar, because let's be honest, I still don't understand how a Google calendar works and I just live by my Apple calendar. Um, but <laughs> life will still always have curveballs for you. And they don't. Ne- then that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. You know, sometimes that can actually, if you're paying attention, be something wonderful and and be an opportunity that you never even imagined could happen for yourself. And I know I'm I'm rolling my eyes at myself as, as I'm saying all of this because it feels like something that would be put between this like perfectly bound book of, you know, bright side, you know, ideas. But but just as I'm reflecting back on 20. 22, I'm realizing that um, there's something to be said about those <laughs> those little bright ideas and those unsuspecting opportunities. And that is so in line with what I talk about with um, our guest today, Kamiko Glenn. Kamiko Glenn is an American actress and Broadway performer, most notably portraying Brooke Soso in the Netflix series Orange is the New Black, uh, for which she received three Ensemble Screen Actors Guild Awards. That show was so fantastic. If you never watched it. Oh, highly recommend a good binge. Kamiko is also a successful voice actress, which we talk a little bit about in this episode. And I must say, as a mother of a six-year-old, I am very jealous of her work as Izzy Moonbow in the My Little Pony, A New Generation movie. Gosh, I mean, the mom points that that would earn me Like, those are the roles I get super jealous of. Um, We are very big My Little Pony fans in this house. Uh, But after listening to this episode, you are going to understand why I am such a big fan of Kamiko. We also talk about traveling alone. Uh, I recorded this with Amiko right before I was about to travel to Scotland on my own, which if you follow me on social media, you you saw some of my um, adventures. It was a fantastic trip, which I want to do a whole episode about um, right after the new year. So stay tuned for that. Um, and not everyone is a big fan of traveling by themselves. I've I've been a proponent of it for a very long time. I completely understand it is for some people, not for everybody. You'll hear a little bit about why Kamiko and I both enjoy traveling alone. Um, the only kind of thing I would probably not travel alone to that we discussed today is Burning Man. And I don't know if I will ever end up at Burning Man, but golly, do I love a good Burning Man story and hearing about what inspires people to subject themselves to an event like Burning Man. Um, but all this to say is uh, I think what is so beautiful about uh my conversation with Kamiko is just her trajectory, um, th- not only through life, but through her career is really just been this wonderful opportunity presenting itself to her that just, where she just stands there and goes, Oh, you know what? Maybe I can do that. I absolutely, she, her fearlessness at which she approaches, um, you know, these beautiful opportunities that life hands her is, uh, something to be inspired by. So, I hope you all enjoy this fantastic interview with Kamiko Glenn. Curious as to like the whole Burning Man experience uh-huh. of like, what is it? <laughs> I know. I didn't honestly know what it was about either. I was just like, I feel like this is something I'm going to want to do before I die, you know? Uh-huh. And like, 
I don't know. I just had like a schedule opening and everything was last minute, but I was like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and so I just, first of all, it costs, it's, it's, it prices people out immediately unless oh. you get, yeah. I mean, like it's, it's, it's like this hippy dippy, like let's get down and dirty, like into there. But like at the end of the day, uh, the cheapest ticket is $500. So you, is it like to, to just be there, it's $500? Or is it like food, shelter, no. bathrooms? It buys no. you nothing. You just don't entry. even get like a bucket to pee in for your 500 no. bucks. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. You get $500 or you pay $500 to set up your tent and fend for yourself. Wow. <laughs> but that's the cheapest ticket. It, then it goes to 1500 then 2500 just to secure the ticket. It buys you nothing. It's pretty wild. Had you no, been I've before? I've never been. Okay, I've so this was been. like your first time. Mm-hmm. Like, Will it be your last experience or? No. Okay. okay. So I had, I, I want to say I had like a really crazy, not great experience, but <laughs> you can't really deny the magic of Burning Man. Cause the reason I went was because I was like, oh, this is like this amazing art festival essentially. And for me, that ended up being like very true. It wasn't like about, you know, people say it's like sex, drugs, all this stuff, but it was more about enjoying the art and having the experience and, you know, in this city, unlike any other place. I mean, it's pretty wild. I'd recommend it. I wouldn't dissuade anyone from going and I'd go again. But the reason it was so bad was because the conditions were crazy. Was it hot or just windy or it's sand, right? I mean, it's basically like mm-hmm. Mad Max, but with yes. like Paris Hilton yes. as the Charlize Theron character. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was, uh, so I guess like it was hotter than, I mean, it's always really hot, but it was like we were in a heat wave. And on top of that, I was supposed to get power and I didn't um, for my camp. The generators were out. And then um, I guess there was like a monsoon a week prior and then a a massive dust storm right before. And so the playa um, ground was like speed bumps. So it was just like, you you get around by bike and so everyone was like go 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 and it was like i have neck issues like i i had to go to acupuncture <laughs> the day after i was like oh my god like my body is wrecked you get no sleep you're just like sweating your ass off but it i mean you're also kind of having the time of your life depending okay yeah all right my fear would be that one all of those things that you just listed like yeah, i yes. I would just be like, it's too loud. Turn the music down. <laughs> um, and speaking of music, that it would just be like techno mm. EDM mm. the whole time. Kind of. Yeah, it is. Which is my nightmare. Yeah. And I respect anyone who loves that music. And I I love that they thrive within that world. But I, yeah. it's just a tough one for me to mm-hmm. uh, to live in. Understandable. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess I would just be like worried that I'd go and... I, I in my head I just see like a bunch of people rolling on Molly having orgies in front of like cool pieces of art. So I'm assuming yeah. it's not that because I also saw Cindy Crawford with her daughter there. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a mother daughter thing. There were a lot of kids. A lot of kids. There are kids like amongst us. <laughs> amongst amongst yeah. us. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think we like my camp was set up next to Kidsville. Um, Interesting. Which I guess is where the kids stay. Interesting. Well, maybe that's where I'll take the kids next year for mm-hmm. fall break. Just... Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think they need to see a naked penis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Before... Well, it, it is funny though because it's like uh, my uh, what we're we were looking at pictures of 
statues. I think my daughter's name is Florence. And so she's very proud of her name right now. And it, it she is named after the city. But I also took her to see Florence in the machine, which she thought was so cool. And she kept telling everyone like, I'm Florence too. Aww. And bought all the merch <laughs> with her name on it. Yeah. But we were looking up the city of Florence. And obviously it comes with a lot of art and statues and naked statues. And mm. so that was her. She was just like, wait, her hold awakening. on. What is that? That's what a are man. These clay lumps? What are these? What, what is that? And I'm like, yeah, it's a. She's like, is that a penis? I was like, wow, you already know the vernacular. So that all is right. kids all these right. days. They're quick, you know. They're very yeah. quick. Who knows what they're learning on Sesame Street? You know, I tune in, <laughs> yeah. tune out half the time. That's where they're learning it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would probably know better as to mm. what kids are learning, considering that your incredible mm. voice career. As of late, <laughs> you're really good at these segues. My God, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of children's cartoons, which honestly, I didn't realize I was like super excited about. But I think it's so cool, and I love, I love like getting the scripts every week and seeing like what kids are learning. It gives me the warm and fuzzies every week, or twice a week, or three times a week, I guess, because. You know, there's so much media and social media, and it's like kind of scary, I'm sure, to bring a kid into, um, not just with social media, but with like what's going on in the world. So to get like a slice of purity in that is like really, it, it's grounding. Yeah, I find a lot of children's shows to be very calming, even mm -hmm. just for myself. Like I have a whole new understanding. Did you ever watch? I mean, obviously you're part of the My Little Pony world, yeah. but did you ever watch the documentary Bronies? No. Do oh my God, I should have done that. Oh my gosh. No. Am I blowing your mind? Okay, get ready. Well, I know is... about Bronies. Okay. Okay. I tell. Yeah. There is a documentary called Bronies. Oh my God. That is fully about the Brony fandom why did no one suggest world. that i watched this i have no idea but it's fantastic oh my gosh and especially if you've started to kind of go around and do any comic cons or be within that circuit at all mm -hmm. it is you know there are specific cons dedicated to my little pony and there are there was even i think like a brony con and that's what a lot of this documentary was rooted in. But oh it is. God. And so for anyone listening, that's like, what the fuck is a brony? So it's it's men who identify as men who I who love my little pony. Yeah. And they are bros who love bros who love my little pony. Yeah. yeah. Bronies. And it, it's a lot of them. And it, funny enough, it's a lot of men who are suffering from PTSD. That was like the through line. <gasps> oh of um like yeah. everyone that they were interviewing it was a lot of people who were who were just dealing with trauma within their own lives and there was something about my little pony and the colors and the world and the storylines mm. and the storytelling that just like calmed like, like they boosted their serotonin and like calmed all their anxieties in a way wow yeah i wonder if this started as like a reddit thread <laughs> oh god you know it did are do you go into reddit very often Absolutely are you reddit not. Gal? Never, no. <laughs> my dad tells me everything i need to know about my life <laughs> he has a google alert on my name i believe i love that what do you, what do your parents do um uh, my dad's a consultant like a software engineer truth be told he's explained to me so many times what he does with all of my family members. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but he, I think, programs um, the software for medical devices. Okay. He's, he's very smart. And my mom, she's uh, an accountant, tax preparer, CPA. And um, 
she's incredible because she, you know, she does that as her main gig, but she has so many other interests. Like she took up uh, drumming, like the drum kit, full on, like rock style um, at 70. And, and not even the pads, like a full kit? I think she started on, there are pads somewhere, but she's full on now. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if my dad started her on the pads <laughs> before they soundproofed anything. Um, but yeah, she travels a lot. She's like my hero. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then you ended up in musical theater from a young age. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the trajectory of your career is, uh, I'm so fascinated by and jealous of extremely because I am so jealous of anyone who has the ability to be a Broadway performer because uh. it is not you don't just like it's a, like a whole other level of acting it's a whole other level of emotional stamina it's mm. a whole other level of just focus and and just fucking talent um so <laughs> yeah I, it's not casual <laughs> it's not casual yeah and when I my the funniest thing to me is whenever anyone who is not in the industry is like oh have you ever thought of like Broadway? That looks so fun and cool. And I'm like, that's a whole other. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm like on like a junior league and that's like the major leagues. That is like, <laughs> the whole other ball game. Um, well, also like, I, you know, I did theater my whole life, you know, eight shows a week my whole life. But Broadway is a different game. I mean, because you're having to rehearse understudies, uh, I think once or twice a week, um, having to do put-ins, um, press. Um, Tony, like you, you're constantly like rehearsing for some, uh, like alternative cut of a slice of the show. I keep saying slice piece of the show <laughs> where you're going to have to perform it for, you know, this outlet or, you know, whatever, and wake up at five in the morning for that. You know, it's just like, there's so much involved that it's really intense. It's more intense than I would have imagined, but yeah, it was my dream come true. My childhood dream <laughs> and you accomplished it pretty quickly i mean you left the berkeley school you were in berkeley boston berkeley? conservatory boston yeah, conservatory kind of if you door. can't tell i did not go to college so i just assume any <laughs> college i'm like harvard yeah. and berkeley those are the only ones you went to harvard right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's yeah, how, no. that's college <laughs> <laughs> i mean i barely went to college either i mean i went for a year so you know, but then you had to drop out because, you know, you had to go tour with Spring Awakening, yeah. and, you know, as one does at, at yeah, the young age. Yeah. Incredibly. Uh, I don't want to say lucky because part of it is, you know, hard work and, you know, I dedicated my whole life to trying to be as good as I could be, you know. Um, but yeah, that was a blessing for sure. What makes you feel that it was lucky? Because I think that I, I say everything that you just said, I say that all the time. I mm -hmm. start to go like, it really was just I was so lucky. And then I'm like, well, I know that I like couldn't work. But like, yeah, there, why I lead with lucky as well. Why do you think you lead with lucky, especially for that mm. pivotal moment in your you know young adulthood that would really kind of kick off your career? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to attribute like a majority of it to luck because I, you know, a majority of it was me working hard, you know, and practicing and being dedicated. But I was lucky in the sense that I was able to have parents who put me in Boston for an open call, you know, um, that I was able to see the Broadway show 
prior, um, just like with the school I was at, we had a field trip, <laughs> you know, and the fact that like, I don't view um, casting as a competition because it's not really for the most part about who's the most talented. It's about who's the most like energetically right for the role. And like, I could have gotten there and someone could have been in a bad mood, you know, like those sort of things mm -hmm. where like that affects it oddly. Um, and yeah, so those are the things that I would, <laughs> I don't know if that's, um, yeah, I, those are the the lucky things. But Did your it sounds like your parents got it from for like they understood not only your talents, but your drive and willingness to mm -hmm. be young and put in the hours and the work mm -hmm. um, and were encouraging of your career. Yeah, they were super supportive the whole way through. I mean, I was a crazy kid with like a lot of energy and they were like, do you want to do theater? And I was like, yes, I had never even <laughs> thought about it. And so they sort of like set me on this path and like they would drive like hours out of their way to just get me to rehearsal or get me to, you know, practice for this silly thing. And um, they were all over and they would build sets for them and, you know, help with the costumes. And they were very involved um, in a way that like, I mean, even dropping me off was a lot, yeah. you know? So um, I think they just, they believed in my talent, I think, but also my personality, I think is, is really independent and strong. And um, I think they knew that I was going to get where I was going just because I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I set my mind determined. to it and I'm going to do it. Yeah, I was determined. So yeah, they've always been that way. And I'm, I'm lucky that they were able to afford getting me there because yes, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. How old were your parents when they had you? I just only ask because I think about that all the time, especially now being in like being in like the chapter of the 30s. I think mm -hmm. it's like so much easier to think back to when your parents now realizing like what your parents were going through at the yeah. age that you are. Yeah. My mom was 39 when I was born. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And I think like 36 or 37 when she had my sister. That's amazing. Yeah. Great. I did the math wrong for a second. And I was like, 49? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's impossible. Like, she's like Janet Jackson. <laughs> Impeccable <out> health. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in the late 80s. Wow. Um, yeah. That's so, amazing. So they were like ready to put in those driving hours. That's it. Yeah. 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 That's the best when you uh, can look back and see that it wasn't just what you saw in yourself, but just how beautiful it is when your parents see that within you, even at I a know. young age. I can't imagine having parents that aren't supportive. I mean, yeah, I, I like it was just so easy for me to pursue my dreams, you know, and, and do what I wanted to do. And, you know, we weren't like rich or something like they weren't like paying to, you know, some some people have it really good. But, mm -hmm. you know, just the mere fact that I was able to to go and they were there for me and they were like, hey you should pursue this and full support was um, pretty awesome. Because I also did go to a boarding school, like an arts boarding school, my senior year, which they had to pay for. <laughs> yeah. So they like full on like had, like if they didn't support me or, you know, believe in me, then that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Thanks, parents. <laughs> yeah. Parents are pretty cool sometimes. Yeah. yeah. They know they know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. I'm starting to realize. Yeah. Uh, as yeah.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you were off the tour, mm-hmm. when did you start transitioning more into film and television or were you auditioning the whole time for that? Like, I mean, it sounded like from a young age, you know, musical theater or theater in general was, you know, an end game of sorts. Mm-hmm. When did that start to change for you? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't even think about TV and film as a possibility. Like to me, I was like, Oh, they're actors. <laughs> I mean, that's the dumbest uh, representation of myself. But like, I, I just didn't view them the same way. I was like Broadway, Broadway and like tunnel vision about it. And just like I do singing, I do acting. I, I like want to be on stage and, you know, I want to be a starving artist in New York and make it. And I don't know, whatever. I just had this image of myself. And then I got an audition for a TV show and I was like, wait, I can do this too, like alongside and they were like, yeah, that's what being an actor is. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And so I auditioned for this thing and I ended up, um, they wanted to test me for it. And it was like the first thing I auditioned for. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so great. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but I was <laughs> Nailed like- Nailed it. I was encouraged by that, you know, yeah. and the feedback I was getting from the auditions I was going to. Um, I was like, logistically, I was in Canada and I wasn't able to make it that quickly. So it ended up not like- I ended up not going, but like, I think those moments just were very um, affirming for me. And I sort of was not even, I not even sure if I wanted to pursue acting for a while and sort of like I go in and out of that too. Why um, not? 
it's just, you know, as a career, it's different than when you do it for fun, you know? And I yeah. love, I love the collaborative nature of it and the community and the energy behind it. But once it, once money is involved, like it can, it can still be great or it can be kind of hellish, um, either in TV and film or theater. Um, it gets really high stakes and that sort of pressure is, um, is intense, you know? So I was like, I was not sure, but then towards the end of the tour, I, I reached out to some agents that I had met and I was like, do you want to represent me? And they're like, yes, we're still interested. And I was like, oh, thank God, because, <laughs> I, because I had met them like a year prior and I hadn't followed up. Um, but yeah, I went, I went to New York and then they just were submitting me for things. And I actually didn't do a lot in TV and film until Orange is the New Black things here that I did a pilot that didn't go and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, Orange is the New Black was my first like steady on set experience. And that was like being thrust into the, not the lion's den. Cause that sounds like it was like a crazy, like a mean group of people or something like, but it was, I, it was already a pop culture phenomenon. It was already well, a group of people yeah. who have spent a lot of time, a, together, a lot yeah. of not only time together, but independently from each other had put in a lot of hours in specifically like TV or film, mm -hmm. basically on camera acting, yeah. which is a whole different yeah. ball game, is what I'm told mm -hmm. from anyone who experiences both <laughs> versions. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a bit of a switch. I remember um, going from Orange to Waitress, which was the Broadway show I did. And I was in rehearsals like, is this big enough? Am I big enough? Like, I, I couldn't remember what it felt like to just be like, on stage, and like playing for, you know, thousands of people. Um, I eventually got in a bit of a groove. But yeah, it is kind of like a mental, physical switch. And just like in terms of uh, technical stuff, technical mm -hmm. stuff is more so like the uh, the focus that you need to have in order to be on a set. And like the terms and like, and how things are run, the etiquette, it's all very different. Um, but I find it fun. But the thing, but I, I have to say the thing that really uh, had me switch over to TV and film was like the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> and the lifestyle. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can yeah. do other things while I do this and get paid exponentially more <laughs> than, yeah. you know, because until you get to Broadway, it's it's not a paying, a well-paying gig to do theater, you know, especially in New York, you have to pay rent. So it's really yeah. stressful. In New York. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. New York rent in itself is yeah. stressful. Yeah. Um, I And then and just the schedule of a Broadway performance is very... You can't do anything else. No. Yeah. No, you that is a whole other level of being at your A game. I mean, you can, you know, you can come to work and on a TV show and you need to be on your A game, but look, you can have a rough night of sleep if mm -hmm. you're not, and, and be okay. You yeah. know, you can have a second take. Um, yeah. That's always the, I think the biggest difference. Um, mm -hmm. But did you enjoy your time on Orange is the New Black? What was, when you, was there, <laughs> when you booked that, was there this anticipation of like, yay, and then oh shit, like yes, what is exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I had, 
I had literally been watching Orange is the New Black when I got the audition. Like I was in the middle of watching an episode and I got the audition and I was like, this is tripping me out. Um, and I was like, there's no way this is going to happen, but I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to try and see how it goes. And I think by by um, some twist of fate, Genji was in the audience of the show I was doing. Um, I was doing Shakespeare in the Park at the time and I was some like side character, but she was funny and she had seen me in it. And I think she liked me, I I imagine, because she cast me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a lot of pressure. I have to say, I mean, like, I'm someone who lives with really intense anxiety, um, at least at that point in my life, because I'm, you know, everything's, I've sort of figured it out a little bit more. And I will always have anxiety, like, it'll never be just like solved. Um, but to enter into... I mean, a TV scenario. I mean, I've, I'd never done TV like in on that level. Mm -hmm. And um, and with all these people that I had seen out, you know, on the billboards and, you know, in the subway ads and everything and on my laptop and everything. And to just be there. Also, fun fact, everyone's in a jumpsuit. So everyone looks like you. Everyone looks the same. So like I would be sitting in the first team hallway and people would past me and, and not know who the hell I was because like y there's no defining factor yeah. really yeah that's really um, funny so for months people thought I was an extra or like a, a background actor just sitting in the first team hallway and I was like no I'm that character that's <laughs> in the script named Brooke and they're like oh you're Brooke okay because I was also very shy I didn't want to like disrupt anyone or anything you know I didn't want to yeah. be like I'm a big fan <laughs> <laughs> love your work <laughs> yeah no I definitely I I uh I, I remember one of the, my favorite lessons I learned very quickly after also being told many times in the first season of the show that I worked on for a long time um that I was the greenest of the bunch so I oh. had never this was my first pilot this was my first almost everything so mm -hmm. I didn't understand any of the tv lingo or any yeah. of the acting even the acting lingo was still very new to me yeah but I remember our kind of like supervising director and finally towards you know the middle of the season like pulled me aside and he was like Candace if I'm not talking to you you're doing a good job you don't have to ask me every time <laughs> if you're doing a good job and I was like okay okay <sighs> so then I just was like this is good if I can just sit here and no one looks at me and no one talks to me and I'm, I'm doing a great job <laughs> and it is uh so yes I'm usually the very I like to kind of like hide off in in the corner as well yeah and be like, oh gosh yeah. I know the struggle, though, if, if no one's saying anything. I'm like, oh, my God. They're, they're recasting right now. I know, right now. But now I'm the opposite. Now I'm like, if they talk to me, I'm like, oh, well, now they're upset. They're not happy uh -huh. with it. It's all over. Um, it's funny the things, <laughs> the habits you learn on a long-running show. Yeah. And how you can easily carry them into other, other things. Who were, I mean, that's so many different, what a large ensemble cast. Mm -hmm. And with such um, just in, in very big, heavy weighted storylines as yeah. well, uh, how far in advance would you guys know what was going to happen next? You know, did you were you uh, kind of anticipating certain storylines based off of what was going on? Um, Definitely not. And no, it was just constantly thrown script, at you, script by script, and 
it was uh, it was hard because you didn't know what your trajectory was. You didn't know what you were headed towards. For me, so I don't know if I can like speak on this because like if people, ha- I mean, at this point, it's like there are no spoilers. It's out there. And if you haven't yeah. watched it, get into it. Um, but like for my character, she, you know, has a, she, there's a point, I think, in third season where she is like getting bullied a lot. And I'm like, either she's really just, I'm getting, I'm getting a tough skin and I'm dealing with this or she's like going to kill herself. And I sort of was like, well, no one's telling me anything. So I'm just going to have a tough skin. And then after I decided that the producer pulled me aside and she was like, you know, your character's going to commit suicide, <laughs> like attempt suicide the next episode. Right. I was like, yeah, I didn't know that. That's um, good to know. <laughs> wow. You're like, and no, like, I, I, d- I put that deep, deep, deep into the character study. Like it, it was yeah. it was a deep layer. I'm and- suppressing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah. No one can know. I'm just like folding it in lightly. Um, but yeah, I, there were so many things we didn't know. Like Samira, about Samira's storyline. Yeah. Like that was one of those things where I read the episode and finished it at one in the morning. And my boyfriend at the time was sleeping on the couch. And I was like, dude, dude. And I was like, and he's like, what, what? And I was like, ah, I can't tell you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, I was like so shocked. And I couldn't like text people because it was one in the morning. And then the next day I was like, did you know? And they were like, no, I had no idea. And um, yeah, we didn't know much, which yeah. was an interesting journey. <laughs> What is your relationship like with fans of the show? Mm. What do they, what is something you hear often? Do you, do people come up and share really personal stories with you? I feel um, like that show covered so many topics like, like suicide or just even incarceration in general. Do you find people coming up and sharing really personal life stories with you based on the show? I mean, you know, I want to say, like, I get more of that online. Um, you know, people will DM me or, or something um, or message or uh, what do you call it? Comment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the relationship with the the fans throughout the years has been so varied. Uh, I know at the start, because it was such a big fanatical thing, like people and living in New York, people would kind of be disrespectful. Because they they were so thrown off that they were seeing someone that they probably just saw on their computer screen or their TV screen that they would just like run up and grab you or like scream or just like steal a picture um, very clearly like in front of you. And like it was this kind of paranoia inducing um, experience for me because I, I really love to be anonymous um, and I didn't get into acting to be famous. I just like love doing it. And it felt like a great outlet for me. And um, so that was something to really contend with and get over or like, you know, process. But also, you know, it varied season by season because my character was annoying for the first season. So I got a lot of like, fuck you, da 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 da. Like, you're so annoying. Like, oh, like, really hateful comments online um for the first year and then it turned into protector at all costs mm-hmm. <laughs> you know everyone like 
people thought I was annoying as a person. Yes. And then they were like, oh, you're so great as a person. You know, they they like attach it to you as a human being. And I'm like, I'm not Brooke, you know. Um, and eventually the the fanatical aspect died down and people are way more respectful and, and are far more um, able to look at me and go like, I know you from somewhere or or just like, I love you and this is why. But like people didn't have a clear head while it was happening. Mm-hmm. If like it it didn't seem like anyone was was uh had any chill <laughs> while it was happening. I'm trying I'm trying to think how many other shows had really just been dropping like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where you just get the whole season all at once to consume. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that was in the early days yeah. of that. It, it was the First of its, I mean, like aside from House of Cards, it was the yeah. second show on Netflix. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, and there were far less shows in general. Like yeah. we are like oversaturated. There are so many platforms. There's so much content now, and things get swallowed. And it's amazing if something pops. Um, but back then, it was like these were the shows you watch, and so there were a lot of eyes on them. Um, so it's different now and I'm thankful for that because I like to be, um, left alone, (laughs) not even left alone, just, um, treated with dignity and respect. Just a member of the world. Yeah. Yeah, A human in the world. Yeah. 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 Well, if I would have run into you in, in New York, I would have fangirled all over you because of your, um, episode (laughs) of Broad City. I love that show. And I still, I I love (laughs) Uh, reselling clothes. Uh-huh. Um, just get, there's too many clothes in the world. Yeah. I like, you know, it's like I have to go through that process recently, before. Yeah. Yes, I love a good resell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more just like keeping keeping the clothes in in the universe, not just like throwing them away and mm-hmm. adding to the trash piles. But you, I always think of the character that you played in that episode, who's just mm-hmm. like disgusted at everything <laughs> because it is so accurate. Yeah, and you did it so well, and oh, I always it always makes me laugh. And if anyone is not seen Broad City, go watch it and you will know exactly what episode I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm really not the best at playing deadpan. And so that was a really, (laughs) a really big um, challenge for me, especially when you have like Alana Glazer and Abby, like just playing and saying all this ridiculous stuff in front of you. And I'm just supposed to like have dead eyes and just look at them. And I was dying. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best ever. And they're lovely people and I was such a fan of Broad City so like giddy to be on the show that I was yeah. like I can't believe I'm able to keep a straight face right now oh my gosh yeah. it was too good because it's so ac- it's so true every time you go it's like you're just you're, you're like I'm so sorry to interrupt you with my suitcase of clothes <laughs> and yes that one has the tag on it is yeah. disgusting throw it back in my face <laughs> I'm so sorry I subjected you to that sweater I know I'm like you see the price on there it's brand <laughs> new and you're seriously offering me five dollars how dare you <sighs> traumatizing um, was it nice to get back to Broadway after television for so long? Were were you were you done? Were you ready to be done with the show? Um, I, as someone who mm. I only came have really come from TV, mm-hmm. that is like that's my safe space. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable for me to do any like anything else is like me out of my comfort zone. So yeah. like the rhythm of a of like a TV show is like my lane. Like I mm-hmm. drive very well in that lane. And when I'm in any other anything else, it's like I'm driving in the UK and I'm like, no, I I, I know how to do it. It's just everything feels a little backwards. Yeah. Were you happy to 
get back to theater or were you kind of sad to say goodbye to the character or all the things? Well, I had always planned on doing double duty. So I was, I had Orange like kind of written into my contract when I did Waitress. Um, so, cause Orange shoots in New York. So I was going to wake up at six in the morning and, and, you know, do my thing and then go to the show at night and figure it out. Um, and I know Danielle Brooks was doing the same thing. Um, while she was doing color purple at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't, I, I was saying goodbye to Brooke. I was just, um, saying hello again to my like first love. And so it was really refreshing because I love singing. It's like, that is how I started this whole thing was I was a singer and that's how I expressed myself. And for me, singing is so, um, uh, like mathematical and like you can feel when it's, when it's in the pocket and you can feel when it's like really good because it, it feels really good coming out. Um, and so I was so happy to be doing that every night and surprising anyone who had no idea that I sang because they knew me as Brooke. Um, but that was like my first love and like the way I got into it all. I was like obsessed with imitating singers. Um, and so that's, uh, yeah, I was really excited and it really felt like my comfort zone once the show started. I uh, read in an interview that you, one of the singers you used to imitate was Celine Dion. Yes. I love Celine. <laughs> She's so good. I'm like, I was just in New York and I was like, I need to see Titanic. I yes. need to see it. Oh, uh, I want to see that so bad. I and know. It's, ba- it's basically like a, it's all the music of Celine Dion put to the like the presentation of like the Titanic movie, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. And Marla Mandel stars in it and she's so funny. Um, but, you know, I love anything Celine related because she's such an amazing singer, but she's also like just the most unique showman. like I saw her in Vegas and she like went on a 45 minute monologue about nothing I like I don't I don't remember what it was about she was just talking and I was like we were all just like looking at her like we love you Celine and then she was like they're telling me to wrap it up they're telling me to wrap it up and I was like you should probably wrap it up we want to sing Uh um hearing her voice in surround sound man oof that's that's everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I know. I, st- I, that was one of my first concerts I went to. Yeah. Same. Was, um, oh God, what's the name of that? Her, it was like her sec, it was one of her albums where the she had black- her short hair and she's in like the white t shirt and jeans with oh, the white was background. It, um, Falling into You? Yes. Thank you. Yep. I know it well. That was my yeah. first album. Oh yeah. It's, it's a solid one. It oh, is yeah. full of hits. Um, yes. but I have not seen her in these recent years. And so oh, I'm hoping she's still great. I know. She's still killing it. I mean, you know when people get older and their voice starts to warble? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it she's happens. not that way. <laughs> yeah, which she, is like, incredible. She really puts her all into her craft, into her instrument. I mean, the saline mask. Have you seen that doc? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really <gasps> intense, but she's okay, amazing. Well, so there's a Celine Dion documentary that's really... It was back in the day. It was. I, okay. I don't know if it's... It must be a... Yeah, it, there was a Celine Dion document. I can't tell you what it's called. But well, I will, I will definitely find it because yeah. I love a good doc. And uh, you can watch Bronies and then I'll go yeah. watch Celine yeah. Dion. We've given we each can... other homework. Yes, I'm so we have happy. homework. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, well, obviously you were part of the collective global experience of, uh, 2020 and all mm. of that and what that ins- and, yeah. uh, has became and what it was to, especially the Broadway community. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, I feel like by the time you were back on stage and, and kind of, and obviously when did you move back to LA or when did you move to LA from New York? What was your trajectory after the show at back being on stage? I, I moved uh, to L.A. officially in 2019, and I had been meaning to for like five years, <laughs> maybe four. Um, but then I got waitress and I couldn't. Um, it kept me there. So um, I honestly, for me, the reason I, I left was because I couldn't handle the New York lifestyle anymore. It was just felt like it was dragging me down. And I knew like because I had been bi-coastal for a while, I was like, oh, there's sunshine year round. And like, you know, you get more bang for your buck, you know, square footage wise and uh, nature's at your fingertips and all this stuff. And it just felt like the LA lifestyle was more for me, but I was so, so grateful that I moved here before the pandemic because I couldn't imagine being in New York and having to go to a grocery store in 2020. Like I couldn't go to a grocery store before 2020 in New York, like it's, it's stressful. It's so tight quarters and, and it's scary, you know, fluorescent lighting and it's just not ideal. Um, so I was really thinking of my New York friends at the time. I'm like, come to LA, come to LA, get in a hazmat suit and come to LA, um, drive if you have to. But yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being a part of that community and having that be my main source of income. Um, it it really affected people, and I think a lot of people left the city and um, reevaluated. Which honestly, I think was a good thing for a lot of people. Um, I think the the lifestyle and mental aspect of having to contend with this um, virus was 
I don't know, ended up being like a, a big moment of growth, I think, for everyone, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know, because you're forced to to look at, you know, yourself in the situation and how you've been living and like what's sustainable, because we're all just like on this a bit of a hamster wheel trying to get ahead and trying to make ends meet and trying to make our lives look really good on social media and all this stuff. But like, it really put into perspective what's actually important. And I think for people that was like relationships and and the people that they have in their lives and leaning into that. Um, and I think we needed that reminder, you know, especially isn't in the arts or entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. So much of that is optics and mm-hmm. the reality is uh, rooted in, you know, it, the first, the reality starts with just a lot of dreams and opportunities that you hope you hope you're in the right room at the right time with mm-hmm. the right skill set to um, to be able to take advantage of. But then you get a little bit older and, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you realize, oh, I need to make a paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, even what you were saying earlier that filming on a TV show definitely pays better than you know, busting your ass Broadway multiple eight shows a week. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Is it generally eight shows to get the number yes. right? Yeah. yeah, which is insane. It's um, <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, and at the end of the day, you realize, oh, I I do need to pay bills, and I actually do want a retirement fund. And if I mm-hmm. and I want to be able to go to Burning Man, you know, <laughs> maybe I do want to go to Burning Man <laughs> and and upgrade my campsite a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I and, mean, yeah, I like I was so grateful that I I started a career in voiceover because it sort of provides like first of all it's so creative and fun, but also like the the passive income of having residuals because these shows play often is such a blessing because I want to be a mother one day and to just also be know that I'm able to work still being pregnant you know, having a kid, like I can still record. And that's yeah. like such an incredible, like, and that sort of, I was doing voiceover before, but I really leaned into it during the pandemic. And I'm, I'm glad I did because I, I have these goals in my life. And I, I don't know if I would have leaned as hard into it or given it as much weight as I did if, if we weren't forced to, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's, the pandemic really put a lot of things into perspective. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I was walking that line. I had kids. I started my first I had at 28. Mm. And then um, I just I have a almost two year old now. And mm. it's been an interesting <laughs> which which is it, they're real fun. They're super fun. You know, yeah. they know things about like, you know, they know what a penis is on a statue. You know, <laughs> kids are great. Um, you taught them they're well. a riot. Yeah, ta- I'm, t- I'm teaching them well. Um, the important things. The important things, you know, <laughs> art and uh, in architecture, uh, but in <laughs> history, uh, but uh, but it is, you know, when you get to a point where you're like, oh, I do want kids and I want to make a living, mm-hmm. but I also want to be able to raise my kids. It, it changes kind of the scope of what you feel like you or what I feel like I'm able to do sometimes in the business comparatively. Um, to if I was only focused on like leaning into just the job, just the work, just the next gig. And I think that people forget that if they're not in the industry and they just see you as someone who works on a show. And they're like, oh, you're mm-hmm. on that show. Well, what are you doing right now? Well, what are you doing next? It's like, mm-hmm. well, you may not see it, but I'm actually building really important 
the foundation of like what I want to do next, which is also like maybe have a family, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, live in my own house and not have to travel constantly for work for a little while. Um, And I'm assuming that like what a what a gift. And it's really hard to break into voiceover work for anyone that doesn't know years. It's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many people would listen, like hear me speak just in a conversation and be like, you should do voiceover. I'm like, I know. I literally would be sending in like three or four auditions like a day. I mean, that's exaggerating. But, you know, like it was a lot of auditions that I sent in and no bites until I think Orange is the New Black. And then Bojack Horseman called because <laughs> it was Netflix. And they're like, do you want to play this mouse on Bojack Horseman? And I was like, yes. And like things started kind of rolling, I think, because people maybe in the voiceover industry saw the show and were like, whoa, that's an interesting voice. Um, but yeah, I I think, um, you know, like people people started like, putting their energy into hobbies and, and, you know, things outside of what's going to make them money. And um, I think this moment in time, also with like the climate stuff and everything going on, when people ask me like, so what's your, what are you working on? I, I don't ask people that anymore. I, I actually never did because that to me isn't what's important. I just like ask you know, how they are. <laughs> yeah. But, um, <laughs> but like for me, I would always get a little embarrassed if I was just like not working on something really cool. Um, and for me uh, right now, I'm completely in the mindset of like, I'm, my goal right now is to live, you know, because there's only so much we can do about this moving train towards death <laughs> you know like like i mean just in gen in like human nature but like also like the the earth being on fire and all that stuff it's just so so bleak and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna lean into friendships i'm gonna lean into like my little animal family that i have i'm gonna like try and travel and see the world as much as i can and you know just and of course i'm so privileged to say that um i tr- But I'm trying to like just make memories because at the end of the day, that's what life is about is like living, you know, and pushing yourself and challenging yourself and and going to Europe on your own. You know, I never would have done that before. Where did you go? All over. I I went to um, well, I started in London and stayed with a friend and then I departed from her and then I went to Nice, France and then I went to (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. People call it. No, you got it the first time. Okay, thank you. And then I, I went through Florence, which was busier than I would have liked, but the architecture. Yep. Amazing. And then um, stayed in Siena, drove around Tuscany, and then went to Venice, which was... All on a, your own? All on my own, yeah. And it was so liberating. I didn't yeah. realize this is why people encourage you know, people to go on their own because traveling alone is the shit. I leave Sunday (gasps) for a solo travel. Oh my gosh, where are you going? Scotland. Oh, fun. I want to go there next. Yes. I will report back how it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I, I too will be driving, um, but that is very much, uh, it's the UK. 
Yeah. So didn't. So that's going to be in. But legally, I'm allowed to do it. Yeah. You know? Which I don't so understand. If I'm legally allowed to do it, it's cool. I'm, I must yeah, be capable. That, yeah, it'll be fine, obviously. If the government trusts me, <laughs> I can trust myself. I, when right? I was in London, I was in the back of cabs and I was like, can I do this? And I'd be like, <laughs> it's green. Go. And I'd be like, oh, no, it's not. That's the wrong. Oh, my God. I would not be able to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get like, like a Pinterest me. cheat sheet of like how to drive. <laughs> yeah. UK, it? And it's just one big sign that says get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like you're you've really fared well for yourself just leaning into yes. And that has kind of been such a theme mm-hmm. of of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, even beyond Burning Man, what is something? <laughs> what what is uh something that you're looking forward to leaning into besides just you've done your solo travel? It's just really your own experiences. If someone is apprehensive to saying yes because they're just scared of the outcome right now, as someone who's really practiced it well recently, what would mm-hmm. you say to them? <sighs> I mean, if you want to do it, go for it. You know, there are so many things. So I grew up really like risk averse and going through all the things that could go wrong and all the reasons why I shouldn't. And it was very a fearful way of thinking. And once I, you ha- I mean, like it took many, many years of, of training myself out of this. But once I started opening up my world and, and saying yes to things and just going for it, you realize you can and that you figure it out. Um no matter what, because you have to when you when you throw yourself into an unfamiliar situation, which I think is why people grow exponentially when they leave their hometown or like, um, I'm always encouraging people to get a dog (laughs) because it changes your life in such a beautiful way. And like, for the most part, people don't regret it. And, um, and I'm like, there's never a good time. Just do it. Um, <laughs> that's what I tell people would, about having babies. Yeah, <laughs> I'm well, like, there's it's never true. a good time. I mean, because at the end of the day, you're going to have them for like 18 plus years, you know. So, what do you mean timing it out right now? I mean, of yeah. course, like if you're not financially capable, it's like maybe hold off. Like, um, <laughs> I always say there's better times than ever, others, yeah, but uh, yeah. there's generally no like perfect time. Yeah, nothing's ever going to align perfectly. And if it does, good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. life is life is crazy and it throws the most random stuff at you. And the way you deal with it and the way you handle it and the way you persevere and move forward is, is you know, what helps you become the person that you're meant to be. And um, yeah, I, I think part of growing as an individual is is knowing when to say yes and also when to say no, you know, and to really know what's important to you and what's not and um, what you value and what you don't. And if you're interested in something and you're holding yourself back for whatever silly, silly reason, go for it. Why not? Life is a journey. Life is a journey. I want to watch that uh, My Little Pony episode. (laughs) Everything that you just said could be its own perfect episode. And then the bronies would go nuts. And then Uh I can watch with my kids and it'll be like the perfect circle. Yes, yes. Tell, um, um, tell Hasbro. <laughs> perfect. I'm going to pitch it pitch tomorrow. It. <laughs> um, well, I always like to do a little conversation cool down with all my guests and okay. ask them five things. Oh. Uh, so first is what is something that you know? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> something that I know. That's a big question. I know. And it can be anything. Like, I know 
that it is officially stink bug season because I've had to vacuum like eight of them this morning. So <laughs> I know that I at some point have to clean my studio from all the Burning Man stuff <laughs> that's just been sitting in there for now. Uh, is it like a costume or did you build art? No, I didn't. I can't say that for myself. I just have like, I just have like, you know, my shift pod, which is like this massive tent. Okay. Um, okay. I have like my e-bike. I just have things stacked in All there. Right. And it's just, it's not a good look anytime I go into a professional setting, which is like every time I'm on a Zoom. Um, <laughs> so All your I burning need, man gear. Yeah. <laughs> I need to clean it up. Um, okay. okay yeah. What is something that you like? Oh, something that I like. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so cliche, but I like animals. I mean, I love animals. Um, but I just got this kitten. He's walking around. Um, I'm totally obsessed with and more than like this kitten. I'm in love with this kitten. I'm obsessed with this kitten. And um, I found him on the street, actually, a month ago. Um, he was just like this 10-week-old um, malnourished ball of fluff. And I was like, how is this kitten just out on the street? And um, so I, my neighbors caught him. I, I like gave him a crate because he was next to um, the neighbor's house. I gave them a crate and I was like, put some food in here. If you catch him, bring him to my house. And so they did. And I was going to, you know, bring him to a shelter, but he just claimed me. And um, I'm liking the kittenhood. And um, the process of like designing his little kit cat wall, which I'm definitely building <laughs> right now, which is a whole endeavor. Um, I also got him a cat wheel. Um, oh and don't my goodness! Ask, and don't ask me what that is. Just kidding. It's a hamster wheel for cats. Okay, um, perfect. That's exactly <laughs> what I pictured in my mind. But I'm glad that you confirmed. That. <laughs> yeah. So I'm liking that. <laughs> okay. What is something that you hate? Oh. Um. Uh. Mm, Mm. I try not to hate things, but we all I, do. We all know, try not to hate things. I hate mm, when people don't communicate. This this year has been full of like miscommunications and avoidance, and I'm a big communicator. Um, and so I'm always like, I can be brutally honest, and in a way that's like you know, I shouldn't be like, so like I'm blunt sometimes. And I think it sometimes can be off putting, but I would so much rather have someone give that back to me and be frank and tell me the truth than to have someone to have people like just avoid a conversation and prolong something for like months. That's happened like a lot, oddly. Yeah. Um, like professionally, personally, like it's just kind of like the theme of this year. So I'm like, just communicate. That's a good you one. Know? That's yeah. a good one. I know. I think we're all kind of getting our sea legs back a little bit from, yeah. you know, sheltering in place and being like, how do we operate around people <laughs> in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the global sphere? But but yeah, that is definitely a big one. Okay. What is something that you love? I just said something I love. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, shoot. I should have That was something you it. like. What's something that you like love? Oh, god. That's like not family. I know that's that's hard because my, I know. my cat is jumping from seat to seat and it's so <laughs> freaking cute. Um, it can be your cat again. That's totally fine. Uh, There's no, no rules okay. in this in this cool down. I, I love the little um, life I've built in L.A. Um, cause Wait, what I, is it? I love the little life I've built here in L.A. 
um, because it's, I don't know, I'm proud of myself. I worked really hard and I was able to buy a home and renovate it. And I'm, I feel like so privileged that I was able to do that. And I did it before the pandemic. So it was before things got really unmanageable. <laughs> um, and before the housing market went, wee. Um, yeah. but I, I feel like I'm so proud of it and I'm so proud of myself for doing it because I did it all on my own and it wasn't, you know, with a partner, um, it wasn't relying on anyone else. It was just purely me. And, um, so that's something I feel really happy about. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you fucking should. That is a great feeling. So, and congratulations, truly, Thank truly, you. truly, Thank truly, you. truly. Um, <laughs> and then a quirky little fact about you. Quirky little fact. Um, I feel like there are so many. <laughs> um, Besides your collection of cat wheels. I know. That's like a pretty quirky fact. Um, quirky fact. I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm a perfect individual. Um, no, I mean, gosh, that one's hard. I love, okay, quirky fact. And it's not that quirky because I feel like everyone's in the same boat, but I love reality TV. <laughs> no, I, it's great. I am a terrible actor. I watch hardly any scripted. I mostly mm -hmm. watch either documentaries or really crappy reality TV. Like, all of it. <laughs> well, I, I respect that. Thank you. I do, again. too. I do, too. It is the massage my brain needs yeah. at the end of a long day. And also, I view it like a study of human nature, you yes. know, and like, and, you know, oh, my God, just fell. <laughs> um, just like, a, I think observing people is so interesting because like, also in scripted shows, I feel like people are so like, even if they're out of control, they're still so in control because, you know, it's a performance. So it's fun to watch people completely lose their mind on television and have just forget the cameras are there and just remember that that exists yeah it's fun it's fascinating yeah it so it's really an, an acting exercise and doing my homework <laughs> every night just um reminding myself how humans operate um well <laughs> i think as a human you operate with such light and positivity oh. and that is what um i'm going to study from this conversation and oh, kamiko it really is so same. nice to meet you yeah. and thank you so much for for hanging on the super bloom podcast today. i'm honored a lot. To be here. thank you <laughs> this has been a super bloom podcast hosted by me candace king Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and advertisement partnerships with ACAST. <laughs>